Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, July 11th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, how's Poughkeepsie? Poughkeepsie's good. It's nice. It's very naturey. So I'm I'm having a great time having absolutely nothing to do except work. Yeah, I saw you uh, got angry outside today instead of gotten angry inside. But we'll get to the angry here in a second. Sure, yeah. I took my anger to new destinations. Yeah, the back patio. Um, (laughs) Okay, so Ashley, um, we had some very big news yesterday. We did. And some of it is interesting. Some of it was the cause of your anger and a very vague tweet that I sent out on Tuesday night. Yes. Um, (laughs) which you responded to. Uh, But okay, so the big news was that we finally got the casting and venue announcement for the West Side Story revival directed by Evo Van Hova. Despite my very public protestations, the show will begin performances at the Broadway Theater on December 10th with an opening night of February 6th. While this specific revival, being in the nearly 1,800-seat theater, is disappointing, it's not nearly as disappointing as one very troubling bit of casting. And actually, it's really frustrating because I wanted to be excited about this revival. Oh, me too. And yeah, obviously, it's Sondheim, of course. Yeah. You are. Um, and I'm intrigued by the rest of the cast. I, I don't know that I'm excited about the rest of the cast, but I'm at least intrigued. But before we get to the aggravating part of the casting announcement, let's look at the rest of the announcement. And of course, we'll have the full casting breakdown, including all of the ensemble members in the show notes and at BroadwayRadio.com. But as has been a horribly guarded secret for months, Isaac Cole Powell, or Isaac Powell, who played Daniel in the Tony-winning revival of Once on This Island, will be playing Tony, while Juilliard Jr. Shireen Pimentel will play uh, Maria. While... She is young. Obviously, she's still in school. Uh, Pimentel did play young Nala in the Broadway production of The Lion King when she was nine years old. Joining them will be recent Mean Girls ensemble member Ben Cook. He'll be playing Riff. And former Carousel and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory ensemblist Yesenia Ayala will be playing Anita. Actually, ironically, both Cook and Ayala are also members of the Steven Spielberg film company of West Side Story that is currently filming in New York. I don't have a ton of feelings about these two, but I'm sure they're going to be fine. But I am actually really interested in our pair of star-crossed lovers. Um, I'm interested in the fact that Isaac Powell, who I thought was good in Once on this Island, he wasn't the best part of that revival, but that part isn't going to be the best part in that revival. Um, But I'm interested in the fact that he is playing Tony. Powell is African-American, although he's pretty light-skinned. Obviously, that goes along with the role of Daniel in Once on this Island, but... Um, it's interesting to me that they cast an African-American in that part, not necessarily because Tony is said to be Polish in the script, but just the fact that they didn't cast a white guy. Like, I'm, that's very interesting to me um, and what that could potentially mean for the dynamics between the Jets and the Sharks and what type of allegories uh, Van Hova is using to tell this story with some sort of modern connotations. Then there's Pimentel, who has an absolutely stunning, incredible voice. In an article on Broadway World introducing the cast, we have a video of her singing Summertime from Porgy and Bess. And Ashley, holy guacamole, does she sound magnificent. No, she's amazing. I do want to clarify, I think Isaac Powell, his dad is Native American and black, and then his mom is Caucasian. So Isaac is mixed race. He's not 
like light skinned black. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, Shireen Pimentel, absolutely incredible. I think Isaac is a really great choice. I love the two of them. And, you know, in theory, I love the two of them together. There's so much great about this cast, all these young actors and Broadway debuts. And as you said, there's one bad thing that overshadows it all for me. <laughs> Okay, so we got all the fun stuff out of the way, and we've talked about the cast and the interpretations. That's all well and good. Now that we've done that, we have to talk about the troubling aspect of the casting, and that is that Amar Ramasar was cast as Bernardo. You might recognize that name because in the spring of 2018, Ramasar played Jigger in the Carousel Revival, which was also produced by Scott Rudin, as West Side Story is. Towards the end of the Carousel run, Ramasar was fired from his principal job uh, at the New York City Ballet, along with one other male dancer. While I'm not going to get into the details effectively, these men, along with a donor to the ballet, had been trading nude and intimate photos and videos of female members of the ballet company, many of which had been taken without the women's knowledge or consent. Those two men were fired. After the dancers' union took the termination to mediation, one of the most respected arbiters in the country, apparently, noted that while the facts of the case were never in doubt and never disputed, that according to the ballet's collective bargaining agreement, Ramasar and the other dancer could be suspended, but not fired, because it was a non-work activity, and that was probably going too far. Said that the suspension was warranted and appropriate, but firing was not. Actually, I have a few articles detailing the specifics of this case in the mediation that I'll put in the show notes if anyone would like to get all of the disgusting details. Um, But I think that's effectively the nuts and bolts of what happened. So, obviously, a lot of people, you and I included, have a problem with Ramasar getting this type of major opportunity without ever exhibiting any remorse or apologizing, at least not publicly, and not doing any real penance And it hasn't been that long since this was finally concluded. Yeah, it's it's been months. There are so many troubling factors about this. They all just pile on. I think essentially them restating, reinstating him was saying he did nothing wrong professionally, just personally. So it was a step too far. But if your actions are making others feel unsafe or you're creating a hostile environment, then yeah, that's a work problem. Regardless, personal is professional, and professional is personal, especially in the arts. I'm personally very tired of the separating the art from the person argument, because it almost always upholds those in power and never really asks people to reckon with what that should mean and look like going forward for that person's career. As you said, he's, as far as we've seen, not publicly shown any remorse i think the only thing i've seen from him was something in the new york times where he said you'll hear my story side of the story in a few months or something like that but yeah uh sharing sounds more ominous exactly yeah not at all reassuring uh but yeah, sharing nude photos without someone's consent, that's revenge porn. New York only just signed a revenge porn law this year. And as far as I know, it only covers sharing images online, not privately. I don't think <laughs> disheartening or disappointing or even upsetting covers it. I'm so pissed off and I'm so tired of he- hearing accusations 
of harassment and abuse hurt men's careers and simply in seeing the very opposite over and over again. I'm tired of seeing it in theater, which claims to support and love and uphold women. But, you know, that apparently only covers the majority women audience who are funding Scott Rudin's salary. Yeah, I just I just don't get it. Like Mm. this guy did something reprehensible. And even if he wasn't the principal person doing it, he wasn't you know, he was whatever. He wasn't the principal person in that he wasn't the accuser's boyfriend. He was still actively taking part in sharing photos. But I just don't understand how this is like, yes, there are people upset about this on the Broadway World message boards and on social media and this podcast. But like, how did this never how did it get to the level that this was okay? I just I'm bumfuzzled by how Scott Rudin and the investors and Evo Van Hova and all of these people can say, oh, yeah, that guy, I remember him. Uh, he got fired for doing something horrifically vile. Let's put him in our show. Like, yeah, what? Well, as you said, Rudin produced Carousel as well. I think it's hard for a lot of people. And you can look as far as the Harvey Weinstein case for that to look at accusations and complaints against their friends and or their colleagues and not find ways to dismiss them and make excuses for them. I mean, Scott Rudin seems like he's really doubling down on this. Uh, Ramasar didn't make a mistake. He showed exactly the kind of person who he, who he is, got caught, got a slap on the wrist, and now gets to continue about his career and what will inevitably be a highly publicized revival, which tale as old as time. Yeah. And I've very rarely ever think that in situations like this, that we don't know the full story, you know, or whatever he was saying, he'll tell his side of the story. The facts have never been in dispute in the arbitration. We knew what the facts were. There is no rationalization. There is no, there's no denial. Right. There's been no denial. So like, I don't like, like I said, I generally, when these kind of situations come up and said, Oh, that's not true. You'll hear my side of the story. I generally don't believe them, but here, there has been no denial of the facts. So it's not like it's even a he said, she said. It's yeah. a it's an everybody said. And we're still not you and me, but like we as in right. terms of like the production and the theater is just like, OK, that's fine. Like that's what's I, like I can at least understand if they said, well, we think we know more details and um, that's not all of the truth that's been reported. I, sure. I wouldn't buy it, but I could at least understand. No, OK, they think they have something. But like. We all know the details. The details are not in doubt, and yet it's still happening. So I, I don't, I'm not adding anything constructive to this, but it's just, it's just, it's mind-boggling, uh, and and as you said, aggravating and pissing offish, where that this continues to happen, and it's probably going to be a blip for a few days. I, I don't know that it's going to have any impact on this production. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, like I think the fact that it's at the Broadway is going to have a worse impact on the production than than this casting. So. <laughs> that's so that's so infuriating because i you know you know posting on social media today right after the casting notice was announced people are mad and i'm if nothing else at the moment to see people mad about this and realizing wow we we just keep doing this over and over again don't we we keep forgiving these men who do terrible things and let them continue their careers and then we claim not we, but, you know, a lot of people claim yeah. that 
these accusations hurt men's careers. And that's just not the case at all. Well, and I'm, I'm totally fine for men, women, whomever, if they make a mistake. And even if it's a mistake, like that, they consciously did, and it was horrible. I'm fine with them getting a second chance. We all have gotten second chances. Um, If they pay some sort of penalty for it, they have some sort of consequences. They show remorse. They show that they've grown and don't do shit like that anymore. But that's just not this case. And it's generally not the case in any of these situations when it comes to theater or the entertainment industry. It's generally just people doing bad stuff for years, it finally getting recognized, and then they just go on and like nothing happened. And that's, I think, what the most frustrating part of this is, is that it just seems like this is something that's a footnote in this guy's professional career, and no one takes it seriously. I can't imagine, I mean... Ramasar is 37 years old. The vast majority of this cast is in their early to mid 20s and a lot of women. Like, why was that not contemplated? Like, can you imagine being one of the women in that company? I, I, like, I would be so frustrated and uncomfortable and upset about it. I've seen a lot of female dancers react to it, and it's exactly what you would expect. Just, are you kidding me? He's allowed to continue to work in this professional environment. Uh, all right, so that that's enough. Um, I'm probably going to edit some of that out because we vented longer than uh, we probably needed to. But let's talk about the <laughs> I'll rest. I'll be on Twitter. Don't yeah, worry. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. We might make it a bonus episode. <laughs> um, but the rest of the episode is all good stuff, Ashley. I wanted to make sure that I yeah. backloaded this with fun, warm, upbeat things. Starting off with first, yesterday it was revealed that Beyonce will release a new album titled The Lion King, colon, the Gift, which will feature an array of songs inspired by the new upcoming live action film uh, and performed by artists from around the globe. An original single titled Spirit, written and performed by Queen Bey herself, is available now. The song will be featured in the upcoming film, in which, of course, Beyonce is playing adult Nala. In a Variety article, Bay said, quote, This is sonic cinema. This is a new experience of storytelling. I wanted to do more than find a collection of songs that were inspired by the film. It is a mixture of genres and collaboration that isn't one sound. It is influenced by everything from R&B, pop, hip-hop, and Afrobeat. Actually, as I've said before, popular music is not my area of expertise, but I do know that Beyonce <laughs> likes to do things out of the box. She's dropped albums with like no announcement beforehand. She's done visual albums, whatever that mm-hmm. means. Um, so for her to effectively do the Lion King version of the Hamilton mixtape yeah. seems, seems right up her alley. A hundred percent. And, you know, you're saying that you aren't cued in on popular music, no. I think is enough and that in fact you call her queen bay instead of queen b <laughs> see whatever i don't know what I mean. <laughs> no i i really don't think there's anyone savvier or more innovative than beyonce i think she's without question the smartest casting decision they made in this movie and now she's got an album to go along with that of what's probably going to be the biggest and most anticipated movie of the summer kind of just tired thinking of all that hustle <laughs> Spider-Man's looking at you side-eyed right now, but that's fine. (laughs) Um, Okay, I have two recommendations, and they are both waitress-themed today, Ashley. First up, 
the uh, current star of Waitress, Shoshana Bean, stopped by Broadway Box to perform songs from her bucket list. She performed things from Bridges of Madison County, Into the Woods, and Funny Girl. Check out this video in the show notes. And finally, on what would that be? Tuesday Night's America's Got Talent episode, a Long Island 12-year-old named Luke Islam uh, saying she used to be mine on the stage, and he was fantastic. And in fact, spoiler alert, he got the golden buzzer from Julianne Huff, um, oh. which means that he gets to skip like the extra audition rounds and go straight to the semifinals or finals or whatever it is. Uh, but really fantastic. This 12-year-old kid who has said he wants to be on Broadway, that's what he wants to do, and he was fantastic. So uh, check this out. Both of those videos will be in the show notes, um, and hopefully that will help you wash the taste of the first half of the show out of your mouth. Give it a few years, you can be the next Evan Hansen. I, you know, what's funny, ironically, at the end of this video, when Julianne Huff hits the golden buzzer, the kid goes down to the ground crying, and then they they play some generic Muzak version of You Will Be Found. I was Are like, you serious? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I mean, okay, it's Broadway. I guess, sure. Yeah, I mean, whatever. So, anyway. We couldn't get the rights. Yeah, no, Ben Platt's too expensive. But uh, <laughs> anyway, all right, that's all I've got for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at no, this is Ashley, where I will be spouting anger probably <laughs> for the next week. Next week, the show doesn't start performances till December 10th. So, uh, oh, I'll take a break. There'll be more things to be angry about, I'm sure. Yeah, well, and you'll take a break to be happy when company finally announces. So, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> there won't be anyone garbage in that. <laughs> no, no, Patty won't have it. Uh, anyway, all right, have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. And Ashley and I will be back to talk to you tomorrow to close out your week. So, Bay, B, what? A- it's it's B E Y. It's B Beyonce. It rhymes with hey. <laughs>